Welcome to Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We are just two wild and crazy gal pals who simply indulge in their obsession for dark crimes, evil minds, and the occasionally the unknown. Who wouldn't like that? So here's your disclaimer. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially violent scenarios. Listener discretion is advised. Yes, you have been warned. So before we get into that dark holiday tale today, Kat, you have some background and history about our Thanksgiving traditions, don't you? Oh, do I. (laughs) I have some history and then a little something special I think you'll like. But first, we're going to dive into the murderous backstory you were never taught in school. Oh, well, that is dark and not very well known. Yes, and I can't wait to hear your story that you chose for the crime chat. Yes, so let's begin. All right. So, becoming a national holiday in 1863, the first Thanksgiving celebrations occurred in 1621, which for many years had lasted over several days. Most of what we learned in school about Thanksgiving surrounds the Mayflower's arrival to the U.S., bringing British settlers to discover a new land and start new lives. In 1620, as the Pilgrims began building a village, the fall weather in Plymouth, Massachusetts was brutal, causing some of the colonists to stay on board the Mayflower. Nat, are you ready for our first crime chat fun fact? Yep, let's hear it. Well, only half of the original passengers and crew survived the first winter in 1620. They they suffered (laughs) from weather exposure, scurvy, and outbreaks of contagious diseases. Oh, By the following spring, one Abenaki Native American visited the colonists and surprised them by greeting them in English. He brought back another Native American a few days later who previously was kidnapped, sold into slavery, but then escaped and returned to his homeland. This Native American, we know probably in school as Squanto, taught the pilgrims survival skills such as how to extract from sap trees, how to cultivate corn, how to catch fish. Guanto actually helped the settlers form a relationship that would last more than 50 years. But the first, quote-unquote, first Thanksgiving demonstrated the pilgrims' successful corn harvest wherein they celebrated throwing a feast and invited the Native Americans, which lasted about three days. This is probably what you remembered in school, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's more. <laughs> but first, we do have another crime chat fun fact. So Thanksgiving occurs on the fourth Thursday in November every year. However, when it became a national holiday in 1863, it was the last Thursday in November. Until then-President Franklin D. Roosevelt moved the holiday up by one week in response to the financial difficulties during the Great Depression. Dubbed as Franksgiving by his opposers, Roosevelt signed it into a bill to declare Thanksgiving as the fourth Thursday in November. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't really know that either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as you're going to allude in your untraditional Thanksgiving crime chat story, this has not always been the uh, peaceful, loving celebration that we may know today. And there are some documented historical controversies over the actual holiday. So there have been many people who have issues with how Thanksgiving story is presented in school. Historical paintings made by the Wampanoag people depict portraits of conflict resulting in the deaths of tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. How these settlers just came in and kind of stole their land. And while they had a peace treaty for many years, they soon lost patience with each other and also lost their lives. 
Also, the story leads us to believe that the Native Americans wanted an alliance, when in fact the tribal chief went to the Mayflower out of desperation because so many of his people were also significantly affected by this disease. The 50-year relationship in fact deteriorated, leading to one of the, quote, most horrific colonial Indian wars on record, end quote. It was also called the King Philip's War. Also known, uh, the King Philip's War is also known by the First Indian War, the Great Narragansett War, probably not saying that right, or <laughs> the First Metacom's Rebellion. The Wampanoag chief led a 14-month war as a last-ditch effort to avoid recognizing English authority and to stop English settlement in their native lands. Now, since 1970, actually, protesters have commemorated the National Day of Mourning overlooking Plymouth Rock. Wow. And some historians also debate whether or not this meal at Plymouth was the first Thanksgiving feast in the U.S. Other ceremonies were documented in North America that predate the Pilgrim's arrival. Smithsonian Magazine, for one, published some information and relayed that people had, in fact, been in the Americas for more than 12,000 years, kind of debunking the well-understood stories that the Mayflower was the first contact, which was peacefully conceding as the Wampanoag tribe gave over their land willingly. They didn't, obviously. We just talked no. about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we know that there were at least a few of the Native Americans that spoke English, just kind of showing that there was some evidence of English-speaking people prior to the Pilgrim's arrival. Mm -hmm. Other objections to the story of Thanksgiving, uh, one being in St. Augustine, Florida, in 1565, Spanish explorer Pedro Menendez de Avale invited members of a local Native American tribe for a meal after holding a mass. Also, in 1619, 38 settlers arrived along the James River in Virginia and proclaimed this as, quote, a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God, end quote, and decided to celebrate their arrival over a meal. One other Thanksgiving tradition that has nothing really to do with Thanksgiving is the official is uh, the official presidential pardoning of a White House turkey. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> so the first pardon was in 1963 from President John F. Kennedy. However, the relationship between the pardoning and turkey dates back to President Abraham Lincoln, wherein a White House uh, document reported that President Lincoln offered clemency to a turkey. <laughs> the, what did the turkey do <laughs> well so it was a the turkey was a gift to the president um but the abraham lincoln decided not to sacrifice the turkey and this oh. kind of became a tradition so gifting a turkey to the president over thanksgiving actually dates back to the 1870s shortly after it actually became an official holiday uh, Rhode Island poultry dealer began sending well-fed turkeys to the White House, which his farm gained national publicity by doing this for many, many years. And then in 1914, everyone was offered the opportunity to send a turkey to the president, not just like this oh. poultry dealer, right? Okay. So these were frequently touched with patriotism, partisanship, and glee soon becoming a national symbol of good cheer. And this is according to like White House historical documentation. So while it's possible that the pilgrims and Native Americans actually ate turkey during their Thanksgiving, did you know that the only food known for on historical documentation during this time was venison? So deer meat. We don't, it's possible that they had turkey. I mean, poultry was a mm -hmm. thing then, but it's only ever been documented that they had venison. Wow. 
<laughs> right? So, <laughs> so speaking of turkey as a, a Thanksgiving tradition, so in doing my research, I found an article that I think you'll like. Uh, so it's from the news magazine Insider. They listed 25 reasons why Thanksgiving is their least favorite holiday. <laughs> so the first one is the history is messed up. Well, we just mm -hmm. talked about that. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. not taught to us growing up about Thanksgiving and what its dark past entails. So number two, chicken is way better than turkey. What do you think? Agree. Yeah? Agree. Yeah? Totally. <laughs> Although, I mean, I love me some deep fried turkey. Oh, okay. I've never I done know. that before. I, I've ne Well, I've never done it. My husband's never done it, but we've had it before and it's just, it's amazing. It's so good. Okay. Obviously, they didn't have deep fryers back then. Right, right. <laughs> um, so number three, there's a lot of food waste. And this is so true. I mean, if you think about mm -hmm. it. So personally for our family, we recently just started doing Cornish hens instead mm -hmm. of making an entire turkey, which most of it would be probably thrown away. Most of the time, there's only like five or six of us anyways when we do. So we have a pretty small Thanksgiving-like gathering. So number okay. four in the article listed, Black Friday is insane. And yes, it uh, is. I don't yeah. do it. <laughs> No, neither do I. I mean, I have before, but I don't. It's just gotten so crazy. And then I don't know. You know, pre-COVID and everything over recent years, it's like you would go out even on Thanksgiving Day. Like they have Thanksgiving Day sales, and it's like people are fighting over. You know, there's a, there's so many things you hear in the news about. You know, people getting into altercations over you know the sale of a TV or something like that. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number five is you're forced to watch football. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, football is a tradition, I think, over Thanksgiving, but I don't think it's really that valid for me personally, my personal opinion. But I guess it depends mm -hmm. on your family gathering and, and kind of yeah. what you hold as importance. But I could see where if you're going to somebody's house, maybe as a guest or something, and that's the only thing that they put on the TV, maybe on like all the TVs in the house. <laughs> Yeah, I never, I was never into football, so I was always the cook, so I was in the kitchen Okay. Yeah. the entire time till it was ready to eat, and then I didn't eat, because when you can't eat when you're cooking all day, and then, and then you're, I'm just ready to clean up. Yeah, Yeah, and then serving. Right, well, that's, we're going to get to that one, too. So, mm. number six is getting interrogated by family at the dinner table. Oh, I mean, doesn't love that? so many questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends, you know, like, on how big your gathering is, and... You know, if you bring a date, why aren't you married yet? Or Ugh, why don't I have those... any grandbabies yet? You know. Oh, God. <laughs> God, give it a rest. I can't. <laughs> okay, number seven. Someone is bound to try and drag you along to a turkey trot. Or like one of those 5K, you know, oh, Thanksgiving yes, yes. Day runs. Okay. I love this quote from the article about this. It says, quote, just let us eat turkey and take a nap in peace. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Number eight, travel is crazy. And this is so true. Mm -hmm. It is actually the the busiest travel days is around Thanksgiving in the whole year. Have you ever tried to travel like on or around Thanksgiving? I have not. Okay. No. Okay. So I know we're recording this a little bit before Thanksgiving, but and it'll air after Thanksgiving. However, mm -hmm. We are going to be coming back from a vacation, driving up Wednesday before Thanksgiving Day, and I just, I dread it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I dread that you have to You have to record that, though. You have to record it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, number nine. It's hard to schedule around. 
Well, mm-hmm. being that it's a Thursday, especially with more businesses staying open, like we mentioned, on Thanksgiving Day or having to choose between seeing your family on Christmas or seeing them over Thanksgiving, it really just depends on like how mm-hmm. close proximity you are to your family or if it's you know financially if it's difficult to travel over both holidays it's it can be i can see where it could be really hard to kind of schedule around right right okay number 10 you eat so much that you end up hating yourself yes (laughs) (laughs) so true it's true there's not much more to say about it it's just yeah you just right and it's all about the sides it is for me it's like a turkey and 15 different sides. Because you want to make all the, you know, what we know. consider traditional meals. Yeah. So this next one, 11, I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> they said, the color scheme is gross. <laughs> so it made me chuckle. So the article says, quote, brown and orange is not our favorite color combo, end quote. But I mean, it's fall <laughs> color. So I kind of debunked that one myself. Like, mm-hmm. it's just part of fall, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, 13. You have to pretend to enjoy the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and its second-rate performers. <laughs> I love the parade. Like, my kids even... I... I lived in my apartment. Lived, I was right above the uh, the parade, and the floats would go past oh, my yes. window. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that it's is so not cool. fun. That... It's a hot oh. mess. What you see on TV is not what's really going on in the streets. <laughs> oh, I can <laughs> actually, a... I can only imagine. Okay, so having you you know being there, but for us who like I've never lived there during. Well, mm-hmm. I've lived in upstate New York, but not in the city, you know, or anything like that. But I think my husband may feel, though, that he has to pretend to enjoy the Thanksgiving Day Parade when I put it on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, 14. If you don't plan way ahead, you'll be faced with the insanity at the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, that, like, I just went to the grocery store today, and there's turkey and all the Thanksgiving sides, and Christmas stuff is mm-hmm. already out even. But sh- we might just do pizza this year because we're coming back the day before, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, well, the window for the the window of opportunity for Thanksgiving is getting smaller and smaller each yes. year. Yes, that is. It's so like true. Halloween ends, and you got like a little Thanksgiving celebration, then shopping starts. And yep. So number fifteen says you either need to introduce your significant other to your family, or you're meeting their family for the first time. And this can be super awkward, I suppose. I mean, I've mm-hmm. never. I've been so far out of the game that I don't know if I've ever actually, like, done this. I don't think I have. I think I have Mm -hmm. over, like, Christmas and New Year's. But, I I mean, I don't recall Thanksgiving kind of being that. Thanksgiving was more so, like, my close family. I don't think I ever introduced somebody in Thanksgiving, like, over Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And then 16 is or not introducing with your first time, like, your significant other. 16 is needing to deal with the heartbreak as the holidays are actually a peak (laughs) season for breakup. Oh, my God. They are? I guess so. I don't know. I didn't know that. So what they say is, and I say, I didn't know this was true, but what the article says is maybe they don't want to buy you a gift or they don't want to meet your family or maybe it's just the holiday stresses overall that it's kind of a heartbreak season or, like, a peak breakup season. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Seventeen says that it's a tough time for vegans and vegetarians. And I suppose with the meals, you know, traditionally around turkey. But there's so many other sides, like you mentioned. Like, there's so many other sides that you What about that? What is the tofu turkey? I've never had that. I have no idea. (laughs) You know what I, you, but you know what I'm, like that, they do sell that, don't they? Like a tofu turkey or something? I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever actually Mm. seen it. 
yeah, just, I don't know. Well, okay, so here's 18. I was mentioning you don't need to deal with the mound of dirty dishes. But if you host, like you said you did. <gasps> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a big deal then. But if you don't host, it's not really that big of a deal. Or like for me, my like I said, only five or six of us is typically the thing. And it's not really that big of uh -huh. a deal. But if you host like 50 people, oh my gosh, I can only uh -huh. imagine. The hardest part about that is getting everything out at the same time so it's everything is warm. Right. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> okay. 19 is that somebody always makes jello salad. I, I like jello salad. So. <laughs> Neither do I now. <laughs> Number 20, Thanksgiving desserts are the worst. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. No. Except apple, except pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin. I like pumpkin pie. I love apple pie. I love all yeah. the desserts. My mother-in-law makes this like crazy like chocolate pudding pie something or other that it's just and especially with my kids, Ooh. my grown boy kids, mm -hmm. like they they tear it up. So she usually makes an <laughs> excess of that. <laughs> Number 21 says the weather is suddenly freezing, but not in Florida, right? Nope. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I could see that, like, there's been Thanksgiving, so even here, I'm in South Carolina right now, but, like, it's not that bad. I mean, it's cool, but it's mm -mm. not, like, freezing. But I, I mean, I guess I could see that, depending on where you are. Number 21, sorry, 22 says, there's always someone who inappropriately dresses as a Native American. <laughs> I, that it's never happened by me i've never seen that happen. i've never seen it happen either but it's horrible i mean unless you're talking yeah. about like when you were a kid and you did like you talked about thanksgiving and you know mm -hmm. you were in a like a little school play where some of you were the native americans and some of you were the pilgrims right. i mean i i guess but like it, actual adults dressing like that no way no because we all we all have somebody in the family that's a little disconnected or insensitive <laughs> we all have it <laughs> yeah yeah okay 23 is there's an irony in giving thanks for what you already have while planning your black friday shopping it's true. So hypocritical. Very true. Uh-huh. Number 24, you'll awkwardly run into people from high school that you would rather never see again. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess if you go back home to where you grew up, like if your parents still live there, if you're just going back home for the holiday, I mean, I guess so. Maybe you'll run into them Black Friday shopping and maybe you'll throw a, an elbow or a punch trying to get to that gift. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one that they say, the 25 reasons Thanksgiving is... Uh, not the favorite holiday is because it marks the start of the holiday season. And the article says, quote, yeah. between family conflicts, financial woes, holiday breakups, and high expectations, not everyone loves the holidays, end quote. Good point. Well, I mean, and personally, I love Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But at this point for me, it's more of about a reason just to bring some family members together and be lazy and just, you know, relax than to memorialize the slaughter or slaughtering of people you know trying right. to get to the biggest sales we're really just you know for my family we're really just trying to just hang out and chill and i love that yeah and it's it's thanksgiving is about coming together and eating a meal overeating a meal and i i like it because christmas is so about shopping and how you can outdo each other yes. with the gifts and Always trying to chase that dream where you're going to get that person that perfect gift. Yes. Thanksgiving is being able to not burn your turkey. <laughs> right. So. And overeat. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I just thought you'd like that article. It's got some of the uh, 
kind of the Debbie Downers of Thanksgiving. But it's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's really, a. I think for me, it's a state of mind. And, and if you use it for good and not necessarily thinking about all the bad. Yeah. But that's not going to help us for the rest of today's podcast. No, no, <laughs> it is not. Oh, oh, oh my God. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you for that tour down history lane. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yes. I don't. I don't think a lot of people know that. And it's not, a, I mean, it's not really, nobody really takes a deep dive in school when it comes to the facts yeah. about what has happened. You kind of have to be an adult and, and do your own research in order to find out. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it was really interesting for me. And I think there's so much more we could have kind of gotten into as far as the actual battles and you know, altercations that act, that happened, the, the Native Americans trying to get the English, not trying to abide by their authority and not trying to be able to have any, they're like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm fed up. We've played mm-hmm. nice for 50 years. Now it's time for us to do our own thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. So Kat, are you ready for my crime chat? Oh my gosh. I'm so ready for your crime chat. Okay. So, you know, the holiday kicks off a day during the year where you sit down, you get to create memories, families travel across the country to gather around tables to offer thanks for things that they should appreciate, like each other. Right. Right? Right. Well, that's one version. For, for most of us, it's like, you know, when your drunk uncle randomly busts out in a full belly laugh, driving the cook crazy, and then eventually passes out after eating his third helping of candied yams, apple mm. pie, and a healthy dose of tryptophan. Mm. <laughs> uh, and that is just in the living room. In the kitchen, there's another scene where your cousins start making you question your own gene pool. Because there is just no way you're related to these people. Your mother had to have an affair with the mailman. They just had to. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we love them anyway. They're family, right? That's right. Good times. Good times. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. So, however, my crime chat is none of the above. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But it's been said that this crime was one of the worst crimes committed on Thanksgiving in recent years. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. Have Uh, you ever heard of the guy murders? No. Not guy as in male. Guy is the name? The guy is the name of the family. The family name? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. The guy family (laughs) Thanksgiving murders of 2016. It wasn't that far away. Yeah. It's pretty recent. Not that long ago. You know, I'm kind of surprised I I didn't hear about this, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you have. Okay. Just... You'd be surprised. We have, it was in the mainstream media, but the details to this crime, just writing the story, I, I mean, it It was definitely, it was horrific. It's horrific. Oh. Um, so let's begin. Let me take a swig so, first. Okay, go ahead. Me too. <laughs> take a little, take a little wine. There we go. Our story starts out with Joel Guy Sr., who was a pipeline engineer designer his wife, Lisa Guy, a human resource administrator and a proud mother. They were married for 31 years and were described by family and friends as being true soulmates. Aww. I know. People love them. Um, Guy I love Senior, them. I know. All of, yeah. They, they're, <laughs> the, the couple, this couple is great. Okay. 
Um, they Guy Sr. was married previously, and he had three daughters. Okay. Um, and before he got married to Lisa. And while they were married, uh, Lisa and Joel Sr. had a son who they named Joel Guy Jr. Okay. Uh, seems to be, and, and basically, they were a loving, blended family. Aw, love that. Now, I know. Now, their son, Joel, his middle name is Michael, Joel Michael Guy Jr., uh, he was born in 1988. From this point on, I'm going to refer to him as Joel. Okay. Yeah, because okay. they have the same name. Mm-hmm. They have the same okay. name. Uh, basically, he had a blessed childhood. He attended Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts. Aww. He spent a semester at George Washington University and then attended Louisiana State University, University while living in Baton Rouge until the events of 2016, where he was training to become a plastic surgeon. Holy cow. Yeah, he was a smart right. kid. Yeah, so yeah. Acad- academically, he was smart. Um, and, you know, his parents did whatever they could to help him achieve his dream of becoming a plastic surgeon. Okay. Now, at this point, 2016, he was 28 years old, and he had never worked. Ever. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, Yeah. So Guy Sr. and Lisa had recently sold their house in Knoxville, and this house was the house that they raised their family in, Mm -hmm. Um, and they planned to retire to a nice country house, Um, but before their big move, uh, they wanted to have one final holiday at their home. So they decided to have Thanksgiving, and they invited all their children, which consisted of the three children from Guy's first marriage and their son, Joel. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, November 24th, 2016, the four Guy children gathered for a special Thanksgiving feast at their parents for one one final time. However, Guy Sr. and Lisa also planned to break the news to their son that they could no longer financially support him. Yeah. See, for the past 10 years, while Joel was unsuccessful at attending college, basically he was just attending, but he was not graduating. He wasn't doing anything. He was just going to classes. (laughs) But he he was, I mean, he was on the track to be a plastic surgeon? Yeah, but he never graduated. So he Uh. was, it was something that would take somebody maybe five years was taking him 10. Okay. Now, during this time, his mother worked a full-time job just to pay for his lifestyle. Okay, yeah. And both Guy Sr. and Lisa agreed that it's time that Joel figure it out and start adulting. Mm-hmm. So Grow this up. was the week. Yeah, this was the weekend. <laughs> they were going to tell him, listen, kid, we're cutting, well, man, you're a grown man. We're mm-hmm. going to cut you off. You need to make it work. And of course, you know, a loving family, they'll help him make it work. But he, they needed to start thinking about themselves and mm-hmm. they wanted to retire yeah i mean you've got well four grown kids Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so joel joins his three sisters at the parents for a holiday meal but he had something more sinister in mind instead of just eating turkey and stuffing mm. 
At the end of the evening, the three daughters return to their homes, and Joel planned to stay through the weekend with his parents. And that's when the violence erupted. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh. I know. Yeah. Well, you're not going to feel bad for him, but let's get into it. Okay. So Joel's plan was to kill, dismember, and dissolve their remains, and then burn down the house in order to frame his father. I wish you could see my eyes. They are popping out of my head. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, I'm not laughing. What I'm just, it's, there's so much here, Pat, oh, that gosh. your your mind is just going to explode. The, the, just the dark, evil behavior of this kid is mind-blowing. So with the surprise um, of his parents telling him that, while he was there by himself with his parents, he uh-huh. started to fester this plan. Mm-hmm. Well, no, actually. Okay. Uh, apparently, well, we're going to get into it, but apparently he was already planning it because I, Joel Sr. had hinted to him that he, they're retiring and going to be oh. moving and they need to start figuring stuff out. However, as, as a couple, Guy Sr. and Lisa both sat down during Thanksgiving and sat him down and said, listen, Right. It, there is there is an end date here. Yes. So, yeah, Joel had some time to plan, um, and we'll get into that in in a minute. But okay. Yeah. So he he already kind of knew what he was going to do before he got to the house. Mm. Based on, and it really depended if they were going to have that conversation with him. I think if they didn't have the conversation with him, they might still be alive. Mm, yeah. So now. There was also a life insurance policy. Ah, uh, of course. If the <laughs> parents turned up dead or missing, he would collect $500,000. Wow. For Guy and his three daughters from a previous marriage, nothing would go to the daughters? Or do you, was that just, you don't know? He was their child, the previous daughters from the previous marriage. Mm-hmm. I think this life insurance policy was based on his mother. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense then. Now, everything that from this point on, this is basically coming from the police report. Okay. There are so many um, documentaries and YouTube stories on this. And there's so many rabbit holes you can kind of go down. But I really just wanted to stick to the facts because Mm -hmm. they were so gruesome that, um, yeah, let's just get into what the police discovered and we'll go from there. You ready? Yes. I think okay, so. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the police believe on Saturday, November 26, 2016, 61-year-old 60, Guy, Joel Guy Sr. and 55-year-old Lisa Guy were murdered in their home but and then dismembered. They mm. believe Lisa was out shopping at Walmart while Joel, Joel was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Oh. oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. They believe that... Yeah, <laughs> they believe that Joel Jr. stabbed his father in the house on the second floor and he stabbed him 42 times. He had 42 oh, stab wounds. That, oh, wow. Yeah, that many stab wounds is definitely uh, personal. A rage, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then he waited for his mom to get home and he stabbed her 31 times. Oh. Lisa, yeah. don't go and home. Lisa. I know. I know. <laughs> I, and so the police believe at this point that 
there was a struggle and that um, Joel sustained some knife wounds because they, they feel that the father put up a struggle and there was there was mm-hmm. maybe a fight or he mm-hmm. tried to defend himself. So Joel did cut himself a couple of times on his hands, mm-hmm. at which time he left the house to go back to Baton Rouge where he had an apartment to seek treatment at a free clinic for his hands. Wow. Okay. And so how long was, how far away was, where they were in Tennessee? They were in Knoxville. They were in Knoxville. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So now at this point before he returned, though, a lot had happened. Mm-hmm. This was Monday morning. Monday morning, Lisa's boss was worried that she didn't come into work. They had okay. a big retirement party planned for her. Um, she wasn't there and she wasn't somebody that would not show up or not call in. Well, yeah, so, I mean, if you're the honored guest for her. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and you don't show up to your own party. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the boss called in a welfare check, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to put a warning, an additional warning. Uh, there is a video of the welfare check on YouTube, and I strongly advise if you decide to watch it, please wow. use discretion because it's really oh, bad. No. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I can't believe it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm assuming case is over, but still, a lot of times evidence is still, that would be evidence, and it would be kept in. Yeah. Know. Okay. Sorry. It's, Go ahead. No, that's okay. So the Knox County officers pulled up during their welfare check. They drove to the house. They pulled up to the house, and it was seemingly an empty house. But remember, that house was put up for sale. So there was a big sign saying for sale out front. Mm -hmm. And when they took a closer look at the front door, they noticed that, wait a minute, there's no, you know how they have those real estate lock boxes on the handle. Yeah. There was no box and the door handle did not fit. So it was the wrong handle for the door, which is strange to describe. So think of like a big, you know, the house was pretty big and they had this big front door with like, you know, the, the you get those elaborate handles. Well, mm-hmm. in it had a regular round interior handle on it. Okay. It didn't match. There was something off. Okay. Which is not illegal. I mean, they could do that. Yeah. I mean, they can have whatever kind of door handle. I mean, especially if the house was listed for sale, if it's for sale by owner, a lot mm-hmm. of times they don't put those lock boxes on there because they want to be one home you know, if a real estate agent were, you know, where to show the house. So, yeah, I mean, I guess wouldn't be, but I I could see where it would be suspicious. Mm -hmm. So the police officer then looked inside the window and on the floor, he noticed that there was a bunch of groceries sitting on the floor in the foyer. And it was stuff, he mentioned things like he saw bacon, he saw ice cream that was just sitting on the floor. So with that, he said, well, let's, take a look out in the back of the house, the back door. So they walked over to the back of the house mm-hmm. and they noticed on the door was the handle that should have been on the front door. Okay. All okay. right. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So on this door, uh, there was this hole where there should have been a doorknob mm-hmm. and what they could feel coming from this hole was this heat and this horrible chemical smell. Mm. So wait, so they swapped the door handles? This well, Joel that's guy? What, 
Joel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And if you're curious on why he did that, there was a realtor lockbox on the front door. There was. Okay. So, and if you, if you've ever tried to, if you ever had one of those, you realize that those things are pretty soundproof. I mean, you can't break them open. You can't, you can't even cut one off. So he couldn't cut it, but he can remove what it was attached to, which was the doorknob. And obviously not wanting people like strangers, like a real estate agent to let somebody come in and see the house to find Mm -hmm. dead bodies. Okay. Exactly. So with this, they felt that they had enough evidence to kind of do a closer inspection. Um, the Probable officer, absolutely, yeah. The officer called the number on the um, for sale sign, which is the realtor, and the realtor mm-hmm. said, "Well, you know what? If there's a car in front, there should be a garage door clicker to open the garage. Mm-hmm. If there's a homeowner car in front, which there was, somebody, you know, Joel Senior." His car was sitting out front and it was unlocked. So the police officer just opened the door, yeah. clicked the clicker, and the garage door opened. Okay. Um, at this point, the police had access to the house. Police first discovered when they first walked in, okay, so they're walking through the garage and they're walking now into um, the kitchen area, mm-hmm. which, which was next to the garage. The police immediately noticed on the table uh, there was a the guys, um, Joel Sr. and Lisa, their wallets with their ID on the table, okay. along with guns and a sledgehammer. Oh, guns, multiple guns. Like, yeah. at least two. Yeah, multiple guns. There was there was actually a, like a, a rifle-style gun, like a long gun, and then there were mm-hmm. handguns. Okay. So there was a bunch. And then um, with this, remember, the house was so hot. The thermostat was set to 90. Why? Yeah. So oh. we'll get into it. We're going to get into it. It just, it just, it's a rabbit hole. I mean, I so think I house, know why, but yeah. Oh. Well, well, you're the forensic femme fatale. You know why. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to find out, but you know already. I think so. So um, with that, like the house was set to 90 degrees. The stove was on in the video of them because the video of that I mentioned before on YouTube is an actual video of them entering the house. Right. Of them discovering the crime scene. So it's just so eerie because when you're, when you see them walking in and, and seeing the table with all the contents and their IDs, and then you pan off to the stove and you see this big pot and the pot is like one of those pots you use for like a, a Sunday red sauce, you know, those real Mm -hmm. tall pots. Mm Mm-hmm. Or to deep fry a turkey, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Yeah. So that's on. And it the, the, the stove is on and you can hear it like not like maybe simmering or boiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ignore it and then they continue to do their check at this point and mm-hmm. they start going upstairs. Now, while they're walking upstairs, they start to hear upstairs this really stressed out barking dog. Oh, fluffy. Yeah, and they could tell that, one, the dog did not greet them at the door. So they knew that the dog was either in a room or caged or something, but the dog Mm -hmm. was howling. And I think that's one of the things that really irked me when I was watching the video was the sound of the dog in the background. Like, you could tell something really, really terrible happened. Mm -hmm. And you know know how animals are. They're very intuitive. Mm -hmm. This dog knew. 
this dog knew what was something bad happened to its owners. I know. It's just, I'm getting chills right now just talking about it. So the cops started noticing that there was blood spatter on the walls going up the steps, which started to get worse and worse. They started walking down the hallway on the second floor and in the back room, they discovered on the floor in the workout room by the Bowflex machine, they discovered two dismembered hands on the floor. Just random two hands bloody on the floor. Um, With that, they, the other officer continued to go down the hallway, uh, which was a bathroom in the bathroom. They discovered two large blue bins inside each bin floating in a strong chemical solution were two dismembered corpses. Wait, so on the video, did they showed that on YouTube video? They showed the hands. Ugh. And the bathroom, they showed the, like, the beginning when they started walking it. They do have pictures of the bins. Sure. But in the video, they kind of just, I think at that point, they realized they need to get out of there. And they need to kind of close it down. Yeah, And, and get some, yeah. So yeah. there's not too much footage of that, but there is footage of the man... Um, the first officer discovering the first hands. And typically when you have something like that of any kind of sign mm-hmm. of violence, they're going to, mm-hmm. s- they're going to stop because, and especially with the, the pot boiling on the stove, they're not going to touch it because they don't know what's inside. And their first thing is to do the welfare, right? And to mm-hmm. check for these people, if the stove isn't on fire, they're going to leave it, you know, for then. But I mean, and typically once they realize it's a, it's a potentially violent scene, they're going to clear the house and make sure that nobody else is in the house or there's no other victims next. And then they're going to secure the scene, let the CSI or forensic unit come in. Right. Yeah. So now at this point that the police did exactly that, they stopped, Mm -hmm. they, you know, left the house. They called in a K it's they they're called KCSO hazmat forensic unit. Probably uh, Knox County Sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. And they they're just, they're trained to handle toxic fluid yep. and biohazard evidence. Have, yep. have you ever worked with anybody like that? I, I I did. Every year we had to do biohazard refresher training, oh and yeah, oh yeah, we had the PPE, the protective gear, and stuff that you had to wear before going into a, some sort of scene like that. Because I mean, it, it, there's biohazards everywhere when it has to do with blood, semen, wow. you know, anything like that. Oh yeah, I yeah. Oh my! Yay! Fun. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, <laughs> so at this point, the police officers realized that the evidence showed that the guys, both uh, Joel Senior and Lisa, were killed, uh, and also that the scene showed a struggle. Oh, yeah. So I can uh, they didn't have the perpetrator there at the moment, but there was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And remember, Joel Junior had just left to go get treatment but the, the, on his and hands. And the cops didn't know this at the time. They were just, it was two nope. days later, they were doing a welfare check. Lisa didn't show up for work. Right. This is a really right. weird scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got some body parts. So, right. So what they discovered was that the hands on the floor were that of Guy Seniors. Okay. And the random pot boiling in the kitchen contained Lisa's head. What the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are I, I don't I don't care. How, that's your mother. Uh, yeah. And you're uh-huh. boiling her head. Yeah. Oh, it gets worse. Oh my so, gosh. 
I put just a blurb here just to kind of give you an idea, a dismemberment of what he did to the body. So for both victims, he removed their arms and their legs. Mm -hmm. He, at that point, placed their torso in these large bins, um, which were filled with an acid-based solution um, of, like, corrosive chemicals. And this was described by the prosecutor as being a diabolical stew of human remains sure i mean obviously they're trying to you know win over the jury at this point with the prosecution Uh putting statements out like that but it i mean yeah that he's he's on the money yeah and and why he did that i mean leaving his mom's head in the pot and then leaving the father's hands and i i we don't know i mean he's never explains why he did that Mm. um However, when they were taking evidence from the scene and and kind of like trying to figure out what had happened at that point, remember, they still don't have him in custody. They don't know know that he did this yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, At the uh, dining room where they found the guns and the ID, they also found a backpack. Um, And this was Joel's backpack, Joel Jr. Mm -hmm. They looked inside and inside they had, well, Joel had a handwritten journal and it was called the book of premeditation oh my gosh mm-hmm. um, and this is evidence i mean this is it this is the evidence that oh yeah there's no way of denying it um why the would book you contains that, that because i don't think he thought he dumb. was gonna get caught remember it was it all started when lisa's boss called yeah. in that welfare check yeah but i mean because yeah, I guess I if, he's not, he, he, if, if he's anticipating nobody coming into the house, he's probably, you know, he'll maybe take a trip back later or maybe like in mm-hmm. a week. Or he probably, I don't, and you may get to it, he may have other plans of how, like, to notify police, right? Yeah. But you, but you like no, your he, flipping he, backpack there with your book of premeditation on what you're going to do. <laughs> Jeez and crackers. Yes. Yes. And in the book, it basically contains everything the police needed. It contained detailed notes outlining his intention to murder and destroy the remains of his parents as early as November 7th. So what they before, yes. And what they had, what they had figured out was basically when the parents had purchased that new home Mm -hmm. is around that time, I guess at that point, you know, plans were solidifying and the parents were like, listen, we just got our retirement home. We need to do this. We need to tell Joel, junior it's over yeah and you know i think they were hinting and he was he was prepared for them to kind of pull the plug and and this is what he did in retaliation what a spoiled brat a spoiled brat so that's um, nice words (laughs) i know well get this on one of the pages in his book of premeditation Mm -hmm. he had a list a checklist all right and i'm gonna read you um this checklist and just yeah, it, it, it gets bad. So <clears throat> it starts off, get carving knives to make small pieces. Get knives, quiet and multiple. Get sledgehammer, crush the bones. Bring blender and Holy food sh- grinder to grind the meat. Yeah. So he's- This is a list. Like he already knew going into this, not only just that he was going to kill his parents, but he was mm-hmm. going to dismember them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Yeah. And he also has a medical background. Remember, he's becoming a plastic surgeon. Yeah. So he kind of knew how how to, I guess, 
cut into flesh and he was yeah gosh, going in I the don't... joints and yeah I, mm-hmm. yeah okay so then he goes into get bleach dentures protein so i guess with dentures they don't break down mm-hmm. the way a bone would mm-hmm. so he also plans for the for their dentures not to break down and how to get rid of them mm. um get plastic bins doesn't matter where they're killed just get rid of body spots to prevent evidence of time of death okay which is weird yeah so just making it in a place so it doesn't seep into a carpet maybe mm-hmm. or i mean yeah yes. you can get you can have blood spatter which i i mean i don't i don't know him he went and cleaned up all the splatter but there's always going to be some splatter that you're going to miss i mean you sh- you stabbed your father 42 flipping times I know. There's going to yeah, be exactly. backsplash of the blood where you're lifting your knife up and it's going to splatter on the ceiling. There's going to be places mm-hmm. where you you probably didn't, you know, get in your in your cleanup, but the ones that are difficult would be something that it would seep into, right? Mhm. Ugh. Yeah. I'm sick. Then he goes he goes <laughs> on get rid of bodies inside the house. Their DNA is already there. Mhm. Open up doggy door to provide entryway. So now this is this is in his list. It's crossed out because he then corrects it. And initially he was going to kill the dog, but then he says, "Don't kill the dog." Oh, okay. Well, which is I don't know. Fluffy survived. Okay. Fluffy survived. And then he goes flush chunks down toilet, not garbage disposal, because there would be evidence in the the uh, yep, cylinder yep. of garbage disposal. Yep. He needs to be blamed, not intruder. So he was doing this all to point to his father committing this. So he was trying to blame his father, but okay, murder suicide. Yeah, he didn't want the police. He didn't want the police to think. You know what? I don't. Well, he was going to burn the house down. Okay. So I guess if that so, was just their bones that were remaining, but if he dismembered his father, his father's not going to dismember himself. That's true. Oh no! I mean, it might have been more. Yeah. It might have been smarter. I don't want to say smarter, but and, like if he killed but, his mom but shot the dad to make it maybe seem like it was a suicide. I mean, there were guns in the house, right? And why would he leave his father's hands? What was the importance of his father's hands? The only thing I can think of is if in removing, like if he had just the torso in the bins Mm -hmm. and then you've got your limbs that you're going to be potentially destroying first or like he said, flushing down the toilet first. Right. It's easier to do the smaller ones. And as the torso, I'm just thinking like a killer, but like (laughs) (laughs) as the torsos are seeping in this acid, they're going to be breaking down as well. Right. So they would be easier to flush, but the longer they sit, the more, you know, the more time they have to break down. That gives mm-hmm. you time to do the the limbs first, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. So maybe he thought he had some time. Yeah, yeah. So then he goes on, get hollow point bullets just in case. Will be seen buying bullets. I guess he was also considering that there's going to be surveillance, which there was. Well, yeah, I mean, so uh, if you have a rifle, I mean, Thanksgiving, like... My my husband, they used to go Thanksgiving morning. Him and a, a bunch of buddies of his would go squirrel hunting in the morning. And then there was a guy who would make squirrel stew. So all the squirrels that they would kill, they would bring it to this guy who would make squirrel stew for like his family or whatever for Thanksgiving. So hunting is kind of a thing, especially mm-hmm. like in the South, you know, t- Tennessee. Oh, yeah. The south. Like hunting's a thing around. You've got a couple days off, right? 
and maybe some people are so busy they don't have time to hunt but you've got thanksgiving you've got the day after thanksgiving so maybe some of these maybe that's why the guns were out i think i think he tried to have a plan b sure have a have just in have case. a backstory of or have a reason why you would have been caught at the store buying supplies or you know at mm-hmm. you know buying hollow point bullets or <laughs> yeah okay oh my god I know. And then he goes into what you asked before about the uh, life insurance policy. He uh-huh. states, yeah. he he's not alive to claim her half of the insurance money. It's all mine. 500000 <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And then he goes, flood the house, cover up forensic evidence, turn heater up as high as as high as it goes, speeds decomposition. Yes. Is that what you were? Yep. It, yep. it does. Okay. Yeah, it sure does. So, yeah. But, so one of the things that you do going into a crime scene is you um, check the temperature on the thermostat. You check the temperature of the mm-hmm. bodies and you do an air temperature check. That Those three things are going to help a, a medical examiner determine the time and time of death. And give you a time okay. frame, which helps ah, with okay. being able to see who would have had access and, you know, who's who doesn't have an alibi during that time frame and has the motive to do so. Right. So, yes. Right. So that is absolutely true. So if you speed up and you turn the heat up, it's going to accelerate decomposition, which makes mm-hmm. the window of the time of death larger because it depends on how fast they decomposed. There's a lot of circumstances that's kind of surrounding that. Wow. And and unless, I mean, somebody that went to medical school would know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He goes on his last two, well, his last three um, entries was body gives time of death slash alibi. Mm-hmm. Don't have to get rid of body if there's no forensic evidence on the body, which confuses me because... So, the bodies are chopped up into multiple pieces. Right. So basically what he's saying is there's nothing of his that would have been able to. So there's something called touch DNA that you can get like mm-hmm. a DNA of somebody. Like if you touch somebody, you're leaving the grease or the oils that are on your fingers, you know, onto somebody else that wouldn't necessarily by through DNA analysis be belong to that person. They would belong to somebody else. So there's basically he's eliminating any point that he would. Any DNA that's left on the bodies that would come back to him, that's unknown. Okay. So you can do DNA analysis mm-hmm. on people that have died, whether it's on their clothes or, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And we did a lot of that when we did suicide cases just to make sure that uh, the the gun didn't have any other fingerprints or any other DNA on it, just to make it okay. for exclusion purposes. So that's probably what he was thinking. Okay. And, oh, my God, I just, his last entry just answered my question from before, um, which is his fingerprints and DNA. His, his So his I wonder, dad. yeah, so I wonder if he kept the hands in order to, to just put his fingerprints everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, his, oh. so his fingerprints, I mean, it's his, so it's the dad's house. The dad's fingerprints are going to be everywhere. But maybe mm-hmm. because mom's head was in a boiling pot. He wanted dad's yeah. fingerprints to touch the, the lid of the pot or to touch the knob on the stove or something like Ugh. that. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, at this point, um, the FBI was involved. Of course. And this is on the 29th. I mean, this is right after Thanksgiving. This is that, that Tuesday. By that Tuesday. Yeah. So Monday they discovered this scene. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Joel Jr. is still in Baton Rouge 
tending to his little wound. I have a, um, I have a question, though. Sorry, real mm-hmm. quick. So when the police find Joel's backpack, do they know mm-hmm. it's Joel's backpack? Or do they uh, think yes. it's just the killer's backpack? It, no, it's Joel's. It has uh, Joel's information. It has his school uh, information. It okay. has his journal it, yeah, it's yeah, it's dumb. Okay, Joel's. don't yeah, commit <laughs> crimes. Yeah, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, the FBI is involved. It's the 29th, Tuesday, the 29th. The Knox County Sheriff's Office and the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Department all were, you know, joined up forces, and they ended up putting him under surveillance for a few days, uh, and then uh, apprehended him. Now. Okay. When they, when they apprehended him, he was getting in his car and they suspect that he was going back to the parents' house. When they arrested him and they uh, looked through his car, they found mm-hmm. a meat grinder in the trunk. So it's, it's a search incident to arrest because they yeah. had an arrest warrant for him. And so mm-hmm. that would be a search of his person in a, a vehicle, essentially. It would be a, a, yeah. a search incident to an arrest. And they found... They found the meat gr- meat grinder. The meat grinder, which was in on number what number three or number four yeah. on his list yeah. of things to do. Uh, we um, the FBI calls that a clue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, that's so. Yeah, this I, the investigation. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty direct on what what, what was going on. Um, the severity and the the sheer evilness of it. Yeah. I think people have a. Tr- have trouble wrapping their brain around it's it's just yeah it's it's just maniacal yeah um the investigation as of 2017 uh, joel jr was charged with two counts of first degree murder two counts of abusing a corpse and two counts of felony murder Mm -hmm. uh he was convicted of both murders in october 2020 and received a life sentence why is it october 20 it was a year ago and this was I like four, five years ago. Yeah, five years and ago, well, Thanksgiving. Uh huh. I think because he was not playing nice at this point, he was not disclosing any information. Well, I mean that don't matter. I, 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 I we get know. we used to get people that wouldn't cooperate all the time. I mean the evidence points mm-hmm. when you you leave your fucking backpack there with your name <laughs> on it that says this backpack belongs I to know. Joel Guy Jr. And this is my book of premeditation to kill my parents. I mean, come on. Come on. And there's there's more than enough footage to watch the court case and see just what, first of all, the the guy, he, there's just no expression on his face at all. And yeah, he shows no remorse because none. And he's a psychopath. His stepsister on the stand and kind of explaining it's just he he just he destroyed so many people's lives. It's horrific. I mean, this this guy is just the worst of the worst. Um, there there had to have been signs prior to this, though. I mean, if he was twenty eight years old, never worked a day in his life, failed successfully mm-hmm. school after school, but was on his way mm-hmm. to practicing medicine. I mean, along the way, there had to have been signs. There had to have been. Yeah. They probably coddled him a little bit because he was the baby. Yeah. Um, he was the only son. Yeah. So I'm sure they probably made mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. But Lisa was, uh, from what they say, you know, a perfect mother figure to them. Yeah. I mean, and it um, sounded like it was a, a 
a good family. Like you said, they, they yeah. the blended, it was like a picture-perfect blended family. So it sounds like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and this is also from the outside in. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is also a theory on YouTube. I was looking at, uh, they were trying to kind of profile why he did this and why he would be triggered in such a way. And they said that psychopaths have so, sort of like mm. um, a guilt or, or shaming mm-hmm. aspect to it. So if if the, if he felt shamed in some way where he couldn't achieve something or financially be, sh- be shamed, maybe for somebody who is not stable, mm-hmm. that they took, he took it as, oh, you're humiliating me, you're shaming me. Yeah. And, and then and, the icing on the cake was the parents going, yeah, son, we're going to need yeah. you to be an adult. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Oh, wow. So, Kat, that was my crime chat. Just, so, wow. um, I, 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 happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh-huh. gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I mean, this is insane. This is a crazy, crazy story. Y'all, don't yeah. be murdering your family members as much as they aggravate you and interrogate you during your Thanksgiving meals. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing comes good out of it. Nothing. Yeah, and I would I would suggest like you know if you want to read more about the story, feel free. It's all over um, YouTube and Wikipedia. It's all over. Wow. I I kind of just stuck to the facts because I could have been here for hours. I, the story just goes on and on about because there's so many theories of why he did it. Yeah. Because when he was arrested, he really was just pleading the fifth. Right. Right. Well, and then because we don't want to leave anybody hanging, there will be mm. some more information on the case on that after the fact crime chat. So please yes. make sure you check that out. And, mm-hmm. oh, subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes, yes. behind the scenes, bloopers, which we know we love our bloopers because we do bloopers all the time because bloopers are bloopers. <laughs> and yes. we also have some merch in the works. So check that out, guys. Yes, and don't forget to follow us at Crime Chat with Nat and Cat on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter to see what's coming up. And remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat. That's just got a ring to it. Crime Chat with Nat and Cat. I know. <laughs> so until next time, guys, you are not going to want to miss this coming story, right? It no. is. It's a two-part mm-hmm. series. You're, you have to, you have to watch, listen to both. Yeah, it's a twofer. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes and segments such as crime and cosmetics and sinful spirits. You guys do not want to miss that. They're coming up. But we'll see you on the next Crime Chat. Yes. Later. Later. Later.